So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space in West Limit 102. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining me this morning. And it's the 15th of July. It's the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Back again to join me this week uh, to let us know a little bit more about well-meeting the families. Delight for us to welcome you to the studio again, Eamon Williams. Good morning to you. How are you? Good morning, John. How are you? Thanks a lot. for You, you, we, you are running around the place. Fair dues to you. Thank you indeed for for taking time out to join and speak with us this morning. And of course, where would we go without Shane Ambrose? Good morning to you, Shane. How are you? Good morning, John. How are we keeping? We're good. Now, just to let people know, sometimes we we, we always say actually here on the, um, on the programme, good morning, good morning, because this goes out, obviously, on, um, on Sunday morning. However, as most people know, at this particular stage, um, we record this midweek. We're actually recording it on Wednesday night. And somebody just reminded me that there's a certain thing happening at this particular time as we're recording, halfway through. England are playing Croatia in the World Cup, in the semi-final of the World Cup. And somebody texted me and asked me, do I remember the 1966 World Cup when England beat West Germany? And I say, yep, I remember it. So, lads, there's some indication of how old I am. Just to give some people an idea, England last won the World Cup in 1966. Mm, anyway, we'll say no worry about that. In the meantime, uh, welcome indeed to the listeners who are housebound and lonely and maybe struggling with some health problems these days who are listening to us this morning. Thank you again for staying with us. Uh, we do remember you in our prayers and especially in our first piece of music, which we always try to remember you especially this morning. Um, Sacred Space, of course, is broadcast on West Limit 102 at 10am uh, each Sunday morning and again at 11pm Sunday night. And this uh, and the podcast of this and previous programmes are available on our blog, which is www.sacredspace102.blogspot.com. And of course, as we say to people as well, you can also um, catch us on iTunes by searching Come and See Inspirations. To contact us, you can text us on 87 6088667 that's 0876088667 or you can email us and that's in sacredspace102 at gmail.com so again uh, to set up the program as usual um, this Sunday morning Shane is going to share some celestial guides for the week Shane who do you have for us this week so John this week um, a lot too, not too many um, heavy hitters in terms of the uh, celestial guides this week so looking at Monday, well, obviously, with the exception of Monday, I beg your pardon. Monday is the 16th of July, and it is the feast day of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. So, of course, that is Our Lady under, under the dedication of Mount Carmel, which, of course, is uh, just outside... Uh, do you know the city's escaped my name? Or uh, the, the name of the city where it is has escaped my, my, my mind for a moment. So Mount Carmel, of course, associated with the prophet Elijah... And from there, the, the, the Carmelite Order, which, of course, uh, is de- under the patronage of Our Lady, whose feast day they celebrate on the 16th. It's also, of course, very much dedicated to those that have the devotion to the brown scapular um, and, uh, on, on, and, and special feast days for those associated as well with the Carmelite Order. Then on Tuesday, now this one I picked out is Pope Leo IV. Now, one of the reasons I picked him out of the list, um, I don't know, John, have you ever been to Rome? You have never been to Rome, you said. So no, I said, have you ever been to Rome? I have, yeah. Yeah. And did you notice the big walls that were around the Vatican? I do. Yes. Well, they were built by Pope Leo IV, and they are called the Leonine, the Leonine City. 
Uh, he also rebuilt part of St. Peter's, and he died around 8.55. So that's, uh, that's who we celebrate. That's the feast day we celebrate on the 17th of July. Uh, and then on the 18th of July, now this one, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to pronounce this, but we'll give it a shot. Um, it's St. Uh, Damien Dindat, and also known as Domenico Nicola Dindat. Uh, he was a Vietnamese, a layman in what was then the Apostolic Vicariat of East Tung King, which is in modern Vietnam. Um, he was a soldier during the, during the persecutions of Emperor Ming Mang, and he was ordered by the army to renounce his Christianity and by, to prove it by trampling a crucifix. And he refused and he was tortured. Um, he apostatized because he was being tortured. Then when he was released, he returned to the faith and he wrote to the emperor to proclaim his Christianity. And he was then martyred in uh, 1839. And he was canonized as part of the Vietnamese martyrs of the martyrs of Vietnam by uh, John Paul II in 1988. Then on Thursday, we have the feast day of St. Macarena the Younger. Now, listen to this one. Macarena the Younger, she's, she's um, an, an unusual kind of a lady. She's associated with Caesarea in Cappadocia, which is in modern Turkey. And she died in 379. Now, one of the reasons I picked her out, listen to this, right? She was the daughter of St. Emilia and St. Basil the Elder. She was the sister of St. Basil the Great, the sister of St. Gregory of Nicaea, the sister of St. Peter of Sebastia, the granddaughter of St. Macarena the Elder. Yeah, you noticing a trend here? Connections. Connections. <laughs> she had a lot of connections. She was a family that produced a lot of saints. Uh, she was educated by her mother, betrothed at a young age, but the husband-to-be died, and she didn't want to marry after that. And she entered religious life, and she died, in, as I said, in 379. So that's St. Macarena the Younger, who we celebrate on the 19th of July. Then on the 20th of July, we have the feast day of St. Apollinaris. Now, Apollinaris of Ravinia. Ravinia, as far as I'm aware, is in Italy, I think. This guy is mentioned in the Acts of the Apostles. He was a spiritual student of Peter the Apostle. He was the first bishop of Ravinia, which is in northern Italy. Uh, or in Italy, I should say, sorry. And he faced nearly constant persecution. Um, they had to leave Ravinia under the persecutions of Vespasian. And, but out of, on his way out of the city, he was identified as being a leader. He was tortured and martyred. And he died probably around 79 AD, run through with a sword. Um, and so that's who, we, that's who we celebrate. on. That's the same Apollinaris. And we celebrate his feast day on the 20th of July. Then finally, on Saturday the 21st, we celebrate the feast day of St. Lawrence of Brindisi, priest and doctor of the church. Uh, he was a Capuchin who was a great uh, preacher and led the German armies against the Turks in Hungary and gained peace for the people of Naples. So that's what we have, John, in terms of uh, saints for this week. Um, anything else? Yeah, just just to remind uh, people again that notice that we mentioned last week, the Dominican Church will be hosting the relics of St. Teresa of Lisieux and her parents, St. Louis and Zélie Martin, and Saturday the 18th of August, that's uh, the weekend before um, the World Meeting of Families, beginning at with 1pm Mass, blessing of roses, veneration of relics, reflections by Dominicans will follow, uh, with sung vespers concluding the event at 5pm. So remind people again. That's 1pm. 
Dominican Church, the relics, the hosting of the relics of St. Teresa of Lisieux and her parents, St. Louis and Zelie Martin, Saturday the 18th of August, beginning 1pm Mass, Blessing of Roses, Veneration of Relics, Reflections by the Dominicans will follow, with song vespers concluding the event at 5pm. Now, just before we go for our first bit of music, um, we'll John, can I come here with one more thing? You can, yep. Yeah, no hassle. I just wanted to, just one interesting thing that was on uh, the old social media during the week. Uh, on Wednesday, just of the week past, it was the feast day, of course, of St. Benedict. Mm. And our local Benedictine Abbey in Glenstall uh, marked the occasion because they had the installation and blessing of four new bells. Now, in the Catholic tradition, bells are sacramentals in church or in, a, in an abbey. And on the, on the, on the Wednesday, um, the abbot blessed the new bells and they were given their names and their four new bells and they are Benedict, Scholastica, Joseph and Columba. And they were blessed and installed on Wednesday. And there's some interesting pictures up on the Grimstall Facebook page if anybody has access to it. And I just thought it was an interesting one. It's not something you see very common, particularly in Ireland, uh, which is the blessing and baptism of bells. Uh, and I just, I just thought it was an interesting one just to, just to highlight it to people. I thought the most interesting thing you said there was um, was the bells of sacramentals. Didn't, yes, didn't bells of sacramentals. Yes. Well done, Sharon. You you find them from somewhere. Thank you so much. Now we'll go for our prayer. A prayer before we play the first bit of music again. This is the world meeting the families prayer, and uh, Emma's going to pray that for us this morning. Thanks, Emma. God, our Father, we are brothers and sisters in Jesus, your Son, one family in the spirit of your love. Bless us with the joy of love. Make us patient and kind, gentle and generous. Welcoming to those in need. Help us to live your forgiveness and peace. Protect all families with your loving care, especially those for whom we now pray. Increase our faith, strengthen our hope, keep us safe in your love. Make us always grateful for the gift of life that we share. This we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Emma. So now we'll go for our first bit of music, and this morning it's one by Monica Brown. We haven't played Monica for some time. And this one is entitled... Celebrate and dance. So let's do this.
So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley. Still joined in studio here by with Emma Williams. And of course, Shan is with us on the other end of the Skype line. So Emma, thanks a lot for coming back again. And again, uh, as, as people know, this particular stage is representative, the Limerick representative for World Meat and the Families. And you're the lady who, who answers all the questions and so on and so forth. But you're pretty good now last time. You, you gave us an awful lot of information as to what's happening and so on and so forth. Since you last joined us, um, just to kick you off, I believe um, there's no tickets left. Uh, no, John, the, if I'm right, right in thinking so, we met here and the following day, the following Monday morning, yeah. the tickets went on sale. They, or I shouldn't say sale, they went on release. Yeah. They were free, yeah. but they went on release. In actual fact, I thought they weren't going on release until 9am, but they actually went on release at 5 um, the tickets that was would have been tickets for the Pope no. in Knock and yeah. the Pope in the Phoenix Park. Okay. Tickets for Knock, there was forty forty thousand, forty five thousand yeah, of yeah, those, yeah. and they were gone by quarter past nine Lovely. that morning. Mm-hmm. And I suppose, um, interesting enough, uh, since last Sunday, the tickets for the Phoenix Park are gone. So there's 500,000 tickets, half a million tickets gone for the Phoenix Park. Um, I suppose key statistics from the bookings are that there's 116 countries represented in the bookings for the Mass in the Phoenix Park. Um, there's a, an excess of 15,000 visitors from overseas coming for the Mass. 46% of those planning to attend the final Mass gave an address in Dublin. And the balance of the remaining bookings are um, spread evenly across the country. And I suppose, again, I think probably since we were talking as well, we had spoken about the Pastoral Congress and the RDS. Mm-hmm. Uh, since we spoke, the three days of the Pastoral Congress have also sold out. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, over half of those, so roughly what would have registered for those days are somewhere around 30,000 those three days and I suppose over half of those registered to attend the Congress in the RDS are parents with children under 18 years of age Um, Mm. and that is expected I suppose to be similar for the Phoenix Park so I think it's going to be um, Is that great? Like, I mean the world meeting the families and half of them are families going to be there for the the RDS and I suppose, as you, I mean, there was there has been one event that I suppose people have been talking about quite a bit, is um, the Festival of Families, which is taking place on the Saturday night. And I suppose tickets for that didn't go on general release, uh, John, because mm. of the I suppose of the small nature of um, Croke Park. It's quite tiny. Mm-hmm. But as you drew my attention, it's actually in uh, your own parish newsletter mm. that there will be an allocation of tickets going to each parish um, for a family to be present. Um, so um, that's, suppose, on, the Saturday. that's, that's on, on the Saturday mm-hmm. on the 25th of August at 1945 and I see they're going to um, they're going to draw I see here in the, the parish of Newcastle West uh, they're going to actually draw mm. have a draw for these tickets at parish level I, and I think Shane just reminded us there last week as well that obviously that's going to happen in all the parishes but just Newcastle West seemed to have got in before the rest of yeah. Now that's that, 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 so, so. So I suppose alongside mm. that, that there's been a few other things happening. Mm-hmm. I suppose this day last week, um, I went to the Poor Clares in Ennis, and as some of your um, listeners may have been aware or may have been um, 
uh, exposed to, there has been a petition box uh, yeah. travelling around the diocese. The petition box was um, actually re- uh, presented to my daughter in Knock last, uh, the 21st of August mm-hmm. last year when the actual World Meeting of Families was officially launched. And that box has been on a journey around the diocese collecting petitions to be taken to the final mass in the Phoenix Park. Uh, prior to, the, to going to the Phoenix Park, uh, the petitions were taken to the Poor Clares in Ennis for prayer before the, the final mass. So I had the wonderful opportunity last Sunday of uh, going to the monastery in uh, Ennis yes. and collecting all the petitions to take them to uh, Dublin so that they would be present at the the papal mass. And I would just say to people, if they didn't maybe get the opportunity mm. to send in petitions and they would like a petition um uh, included in that gathering of uh, the papal mass, they can always email them to me mm. at limerick at worldmeeting2018.ie. So I'll take any petitions on that and email address. If they don't give an email as well, maybe they can hand it into their own parish and forward yeah, that to you. Yeah, or, into, yeah, or post it to the diocesan office. So it looks like things are starting to happen. Uh, um, and as well as that, I suppose the choirs, we've had we've a number of choirs um, uh, going to be represented or have all volunteered to be mm-hmm. um, present in uh, the Phoenix Park. There will be actually a massed choir that day in the Phoenix Park of 5,000. Um, they're putting, I suppose, a special place aside for the uh, youth and the secondary school here in Rathkeel are actually taking their choir to um, Lovely. to the Phoenix Park. Lovely. So there's a lot happening. It's busy. <laughs> it's busy and, and now people are beginning to hear about it, um, obviously with the tickets and so on and so forth. And again, um, just remind people again, because I myself, as I mentioned last week, and we'd love to update people as we know. It'll certainly, it, it's it'll fairly, uh, obviously it'll be broadcast. I'm pretty sure it's even going to be know. broadcast on RTE, to be quite uh, honest. On RTE, I don't know. Definitely. And I think, you know, people do feel they want to be part of, uh, part of it. There is going to be a celebration in Limerick on the Tuesday, the Tuesday the 21st. Uh, there's going to be a party on the street in um, Saint in John Square okay. licence yeah, permitting yeah. and then followed with um, a liturgy in the cathedral at 7pm but I can give you more information on that John as we get a little bit nearer I'm I, sure you thanks a lot for that now part of the world meeting the families and so on and so forth is obviously all about family and a number of months ago in each parish it was offered parish conversations uh, yes John it certainly was because I suppose when um, Pope Francis wrote to the people of Ireland asking or, mm. or to the Dublin Archbishop asking for the uh, World Meeting of Families to be hosted in Ireland mm. he asked that um, the document that he had uh, written after the Synod on the Family mm. Amoris Laetitia or the Joy of Love that this would be uh, studied and read by the people in preparation for his pastoral visit. So there's been lots of different um, ways of looking at that, but certainly mm-hmm. one of them, which was very successful and, and yeah. nice, was um, the, the parish, parish con- conversations. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that was there was um, six sessions in total. Mm-hmm. The first and second sessions dealt with the reality of family life in the world today. And it explored how Pope Francis recognised um, how the church needs to communicate more effectively the good news of the gospel of the family 
which um and it looks at the challenge of the fund the role of god's love in our teaching on the permanence of married love and its openness to new life sessions three and four goes on to explore how love is lived in family and how children are nurtured in session five the program of the program pope francis uh, it explores the understanding of human fragility in the reality of family life the importance of reaching out in mercy uh, in how we approach the frig- that fragility and the challenge, I suppose, that this poses to all of us in mm. pastoral care, reaching out to people on the margins, which I suppose um, Pope Francis is so, so, um, considers so, so yeah, important. Does, yes. mm. And um, I suppose the final session then explores, I suppose, hope in regards to love and marriage. That's kind of yeah. it in a, a nutshell. John. I thought I I thought it was very. You good. really enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed it. But what I would say to people, it's on the web. It's it, it's on amoris.ie, and these videos are available for for people to look at and see. Amoris.ie, go on there and look at parish conversations. I'm actually going to play um, the first uh, the, the first video that we, that we did see the reality of life today, and it features um, ten different people from various parts of. Of life, I mean, there's some, there's some, there's two ladies there I know who are widows. Um, there's a, there's somebody who's severely handicapped. There's uh, somebody who, who's a, who's um, a, you know, just a schoolgirl. There's a refugee from Tanzania comes in. There's a bishop speaks. I think the important thing of this, sit back, sit back, and just listen to to how they introduce themselves. And in the coming weeks, we'll play some more of these. But in the meantime. Let's just hear what these people have to say. Well, I'll be married 50 years next uh, March, so, and um, that's been good. Um, One of the things that um, a lot of families probably do, and which I've done, is you move house a number of times. So I've moved three times, and uh, my last move was uh, 14 years ago today. I have to say... It was a complete, complete life change, as you can understand, moving from a, um, a fairly large town to a completely rural area. Um, what does family mean? Family means um, the sharing of love and the sharing of joys and sorrows. Share, sharing, I suppose, is... I suppose if I to put family into one word, I, I, I would say sharing. <laughs> 
It's sharing the joys, sharing the sorrows, sharing the good times and the bad times. Describing my family situation, uh, I think uh, I myself, my family situation would be a family of one to start in the centre of the circle. And when you expand that circle, it incorporates uh, close friends and their families. It incorporates the core family that I came from and their families. So my brother and his son and daughter. And, uh, and then it grows. So it's an expanding circle. But my family in the traditional sense of family, um, I don't have a family. I'm a single person. So I get my meaning from the things that I do and I get my meaning from the people that I love and cherish in my life. My family situation is uh, my immediate family, which is my husband, and we have five children uh, from 29 down to 21, four sons and a daughter. And then we've been married for 30 years. And then I have a sister and brother and mum and dad, and very fortunate that they're all alive. And my husband's family then would be quite a big extended family of uh, six siblings and his parents are no longer with us. But we then have a lot of other friends that would have kind of maybe in some situations would have spent time living with us because when houses were being done up and whatever. So they're all part of the family as well. My family situation is um, I'm recently married. I got married last Christmas, uh, 29th of December. Um, so newlyweds still at the minute, I suppose. And uh, beyond that, my own family is made up of my mother. Um, my dad passed away quite a number of years ago. Um, and my two brothers. Um, one brother lives at home with my mother. And my other brother is married with four small children. Four children under, under the age of six. So busy household. The last couple of years, um, I suppose, based on my own experience uh, within the Diocese of Limerick, being part of the Synod process, I've been seeing family in a much broader sense. Um, and at the other end of the spectrum, I also see all sorts of family units. And I've seen probably the, the more, we could call it maybe the more dysfunctional side of family, where families are struggling, um, where families are lost, where individual members of family are lost. So I suppose over the last three years, I would say, I've seen both ends of the spectrum. Um, and I'm beginning to understand a, a more beautiful concept of family, you know, where and the importance of family and coming from a good, solid family background, uh, however that might be made up, you know. Um, so, yeah, I suppose I've seen both sides over the last few years.
today would have been my wedding anniversary, the 55th. And I had dated my husband before that for five years, four months, and 23 days. But who's counting? He was a confirmed bachelor. I'm Fortunately, I have a good relationship with my growing children. And I'm glad of that. I enjoyed having kids. It wasn't some kind of sense of duty. And I was lucky enough, because times are a little different then, to be able to be home until they were older. What would family be to me? Oh, my, that's such a profound question. Uh, We share a history. We, each of us is an individual. We share certain things in common, including a sense of humor and certain interests, but I'm not sure how I define it. It's just a feeling of belonging and uh, growing up in a little town in Iowa, to some extent, extends your family because when you go out on the street, you speak to everyone you see. And to this day, if I make eye contact with someone, I've lived in Chicago for 50-some years, but it'll be all but impossible for me to walk down the street and see someone and not speak. After my husband died, I wrote a book about it. This is my way of dealing with things to some extent called Death of a Husband. And as someone wisely said, you don't get over it, you learn to live with it. Because I still miss him. And I'm sure I always will miss him, but you learn to try to build a life, sort of brick by brick by brick. My family is a Gatlin family. There's four of us in the family. I have a younger sister, and I live with my mum and dad as well. Um, our family is big on both sides. Um, my two nanas are alive, so I go and visit him. I'm Congolese, Uh, I'm married, and I have uh, six children. I fled my country. I was in Tanzania, I lived in Tanzania for a long time, 20 years plus. 2014, I was selected by the UNCR to come here in Ireland from Tanzania where I lived for a long time in the refugee camp. I'm coming for my, for my, my, my wife and my, my five children. And now we have another, another children who was born here in Ireland. Well, I'll tell you one memory that stays in my mind all these years when I was about maybe um, uh, 10 or 11 years old. I remember one night I, uh, we used to all go to bed around maybe 10 o'clock or something. But about 11.30 I came up to the kitchen to get a glass of water. And um, so I went into the, into the uh, cold kitchen and the fire was out already and... Um, there was my father kneeling down, praying by himself. That image stays in my mind forever. And to see my father, that somehow he was talking to, to God and that for him it was real. So these memories of, of the faith being part of our, 
or like of the rituals of our lives. Go and walk into during Lent, walking the mile down to Spring Hill Church for the stations across in the dark and going to visit a neighbour on the way back uh, to get a cup of tea and a couple of biscuits or something, whatever it was. These little things were part of our, our lives, I suppose. Had a, And I would say for me, it was definitely my mother's prayers that got me, uh, got me so far because um, uh, she, she had a great faith and just called out to the Lord. She had... Um, Last suffering in her own life, and she just, she just uh, turned to the prayers to, uh, and and she, and to see her through. So that was um, the an audio recording of the first video that, that that we we viewed as part of the parish conversations in the parishes. The reason why I play that again is, is just to give people an idea and really give these people a chance to introduce themselves. I'll be speaking a lot more about their experiences and. Over the next few weeks, but what I want to do at this particular stage is um, for Damien O'Reilly, the severely handicapped person, I, I just want to read out what he actually said. My name is Damien O'Reilly. I live in a rural part of Cavan in in Crasserlock. I built an independent living apartment onto the family home in 2008. I have one brother and one sister. My sister lived at the bottom of the avenue. My brother lived in Dublin. And I'm single at the moment. My mother is a great support. She does everything for me. And only for her, mm-hmm. I would be in residential care. She, she always supports me in everything I do. I really couldn't ask for a better mother. That probably sums up an awful lot of probably our own conversations uh, that we experience in the various parishes the mother being the heart of the family. But so many different situations within the family, we sometimes think of our own. But I think by watching this this particular video, it gives us an idea that there are a lot more uh, situations in family life that we experience, and it's good for us to be able to appreciate them all. And I think that's what Pope Francis wants to do. So over the next few weeks, as I said, I'll be playing a few more of those videos, uh, the recordings of those videos, just to give people a flavour again of these people's experiences and what and, and what they think about family life and so on and so forth. But in the meantime, we'll go for our piece of music again to finish up part two here. And of course, there is a, a world um, a world meeting of families uh, piece of music this year, and it, it's entitled "A Joy for All the Earth." And so we'll play this one now. Let's hear this.
So welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley. I'm still joined in the studio here by E. Mark Williams. And of course Shane is still with us on the end of the sky plan. So again, I hope people enjoyed or got something from that little bit of audio that we played there from the Parish Conversations. Again, to remind people again, it is available online. If you go to amaris.ie and go into Parish Conversations and then you'll be able to listen to any one of the six videos. But now we, is the most important part of the program where we read and reflect on the Word of God. And before that, Shane has a prayer that we always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this Word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your Word. 
Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms, to Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Shane. So the Gospel for this week, the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time, again is taken from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verse 7 to 13, and Eamon's going to play that for us this morning. Thanks, Eamon. Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out in pairs, giving them authority over the unclean spirits. And he instructed them to take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no haversack, no coppers for their purses. They were to wear sandals. But he added, do not take a spare tunic. And he said to them, if you enter a house anywhere, stay there until you, till you leave the district. And if any place does not welcome you and people refuse to listen to you as you walk away, shake off the dust from under your feet as a sign to them. So they set off to preach repentance and they cast out many devils and anointed many sick people with oil and cured them. Thank you for that, Emma. So uh, that's the gospel for today. Shane, would you like to share a thought with us, please? So we have on Mark's account of the sending out of the disciples, uh, the first one, and it's, um, I, suppose, I suppose there's different ways, John, of looking at it in terms of reflecting on it um, and thinking about it as we engage with the text this week. Um, first of all, it's the summoning of the Twelve, and he gives them, you know, and he sends, sends them out in pairs. And this whole thing of kind of, we're all called, you know, some of the twelve to him, and he sent them out. And I suppose there's there's something to be said about that because each of us is called some way by the Lord, and that's one of the great things I suppose about the world meeting of families is that the church, what the church is putting up as an example to us is the fact that from the majority of people, um, their calling by God is to be in family, um, either extended family or immediate family, whatever the case might be. We're all part. Of uh, you know of a family, but also in the sense we're also part of the family of the parish, the diocese, a wider Christian community. We are part of the family of Irish people, if you want to look at it that way, and what that means, and um, and how we are called to part, be part, be part of that grouping together. Um, I suppose it's something that we need to think about and reflect about. Obviously, of course, then the summoning bit also leads to the more the term that we'd use more often on the program is the answer to vocation. Um, and, you know, there's a vocation in life. We're all called to vocation in life. But I suppose, in, in principle, one of the ones we'd kind of say is the response to vocation to priesthood and religious life, um, which is something that has to be encouraged. You know, we've had a lot of discussion in recent weeks about certain politicians' uh, activities uh, leading prayer services in churches. But, you know, one of the things we have to recognize, and we've recognized it in the Diocese of Limerick, where we have trained people, uh, lay people, to lead uh, prayer services where there is no priest available. But that poses a challenge to us as a Christian community, where we say the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith, but if you've no priest, you have no Eucharist. Uh, so it's, it's a challenge for us as Christians. You know, sometimes we, you know, people turn around and say, well, why hasn't the bishop given us a priest? And I suppose the question back to a parish community is, when is the last time you as a parish community gave a seminarian to the diocese? Mm. So it's something, something, and that I think for me was actually one of the things that came out of this week's gospel because it's not all passive. We, you know, we have a role to play in terms of spreading the message. And that was what Jesus was doing this week with, the, with sending out the disciples. 
um, and kind of, you know, calling them to go out on the road to take a chance, you know, he to take a chance for God, to take a chance for Christ, um, because that's what he was doing. He was thinking about without haversack, without tunic, without coppers in their pockets. You know, if we think about it in this day and age, it sounds absolutely mad. But my understanding, now I stand up to correction on this, but my understanding is that part of the formation of a Jesuit, which can take anything up to 10 years, is that they may be sent out literally without maybe with nothing in their pocket and told you have to get from A to B, depending on the providence of God and the generosity of people around you. And it's just something for us to think about, you know, to, to that that does happen. But the other side of it is, it's also a reminder to us that we need to trust in God. Uh, oh, because, you know, God helps those who help themselves, but, you know, but we also, and, you know, everyone should have, you know, that's what the cliche is. But at the same time, we have to be able to trust in God. And that is the other side of, 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 of what I think comes out this week. But also trust in our neighbor and in, in humanity. Because sometimes I think one of the reasons we, we're so uptight about things is we don't trust our fellow human beings sometimes, that maybe if we're in, to be able to reach out and ask for help. And um, something else that has just, just struck me in terms of the gospel this week. Then, you know, this whole idea of going out into community and engaging with the community. All of us are, 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 are asked to engage with people um, that may be different from us. And, um, you know, I've, I've worked overseas and one of the things you learn very quickly is just you have to just go with the flow. You know, you, you, you're in another country, a different culture, different context. Uh, and often in many countries, hospitality is a very key part of the social fabric. And, you, just, you know, you just, you just have to go with it. But there's also times kind of, you know, um, you know where you, you, you just you, you, you have to accept that things are different. Uh, you might agree with it all the time. And there's ways you can challenge it, but you know, otherwise you just you 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 have to meet people where they're at. And I think that's something else that come, that uh, that struck me about this Sunday's gospel as well is when we journey and we travel, and we're answering that call, you know. But we have to be able to meet and go out and engage with communities and individuals where they are at in their faith journey. And that was something else that struck me about it in terms of the disciples going out. You know, and it's like that Pope Francis saying that, you know, we, we, we should be a missionary church. We should be a church that goes to the peripheries, not one that's stuck in the sacristy. Thanks for that, Jim. Eamon, did you have any thoughts on um, yourself? I suppose as you, you're aware, John, um, I'm a member of the Emmanuel community. Mm-hmm. And I suppose one of our, 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 our cornerstones, as we call it, for want of a better word, is evangelization. So yeah. we do spend a, quite a good bit of time going out and spreading the message. And I suppose the very first thing, I mean, you've been there when you've seen us going out evangelizing. And I suppose the first thing is that we always go in pairs. Yep. Um, yep. So I suppose, mm-hmm. you know, that, that that's the first thing that none of us are called to go alone anywhere, mm-hmm. to do anything alone, mm-hmm. that we go, we go as, as a group. And I suppose then the other thing that struck me was, you know, um, if people refuse to listen to you as so you walk away. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's so common nowadays. I mean, so much of what, of what we as Catholics and believers are presenting is countercultural. Mm. Um, but Jesus is asking us not to enter into a, into a, into an argument with them or not to enter yeah. into a, a debate mm. to present the message mm. uh, if they're open to it. But if not, just to be there to, to love them and to walk with them, mm-hmm. but not in not to enter into um, yeah. a discussion of rights and wrongs. And yeah, yeah. 
I got that too, actually. You know that same that same sort of verse. You know that if um, if people refuse to listen to you and so on and so forth. And, and I was at lecture at the there on 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 Monday night again in Newcastle West with Father Frank Dewey, and this uh, this sort of topic came up. And the, what Father Frank said is, is, we are not responsible for what other people believe. Our job is to go out there and set the seed, just like you guys do. You go out there, set the seed, and that's it. But God is God will will work on people's hearts. We can't. And I think that's I would often say that that you you never really know what no, no, you no. know what people have even picked up because you know I even think of my own journey and how I would have kind of I suppose first yeah, yeah. come to really really know the Lord, and mm. it was through somebody's smile. Yeah. It wasn't through anything, you know, she said or did, or a theological no. argument mm-hmm. that she had with me. No. It was through her smile. Yeah. So I think, you know, if we're there accompanying people, um, yeah. trusting in God and giving them to the, to the Lord, we we don't know the outcome we're going to have. And I think that, that that's uh, the, those three things, the, those three words actually came up on Monday night. It, it calls, it sends and he asks us to trust. Mm. So let him do the work and let God be God. The other thing I think that touched me again was um, was that word, you know, don't bring things with you. All this baggage that we sometimes bring, you know, the, the idea is that preconceptions. It's my my idea of church, my idea of faith and so on and so forth. We're not asked to do that. We're asked to bring what the good news is, what Jesus said and nothing else. And then sometimes we get tripped up. Mm-hmm. And we tend to have this little bit of an ego trip ourselves and, and we often go, and this is what I believe and so on and so forth. And then, as you said, then we get into arguments and get into discussions and that isn't what it's about mm-hmm. at all. And I think that's why it's, it's I think, so important. And I, it was actually a homily in the Redemptorists mm-hmm. uh, during the Novena mm-hmm. that it really struck me that, that um, the Annunciation and the Visitation go together before we go out. We need to spend time sitting and hearing the word of yeah. God before mm. we can go out. Like Mary had the Annunciation, she received the message, yeah. and then she had the visitation. She went and visited um, yeah. Elizabeth, and that really, I suppose, has struck me that you know we need to be so careful with what message we're actually bringing with us when very, we go. Very much so. And I like quoting Michael Vertai, and this week he says, "Lord, in the world today, it's taken for granted that if we want to spread a message." We need an advertising campaign with glamorous images on television, catchy jingles on the radio, posters in public places. Of course, this requires plenty of money. We followers of Jesus seem to think we too must adopt this way of spreading the message. But for Jesus, the truth is of his message was the most important thing. That's why when he summoned the twelve and sent them out, giving them authority over unclean spirits, he instructed them to take nothing for the journey. No bread, no haversack, no coppers for their purses. But they must wear sandals and not to take the spare tunic. Lord, help us to remember. Uh, Lord, help us to enter into the mind of Jesus. And even that last sentence there. Lord, help us to enter into the mind of Jesus. So when we are going out, we are going out because Jesus sent us out. For his message and not anybody else's message. That about brings us to the end of the programme. Um, Shane, thanks a lot. No problem, Chad. For having us out this week, and Emma especially. Thank thanks. you so much for coming thanks, out. Chad. And um, Emma will be in contact with the programme here, even though she might be able to come on, because she's run all over the place every night of the week and maybe sometimes part of the day too. Um, so Emma will pass on any, any message that she thinks is pertinent for us to be able to to 
uh, think about. But in the meantime, we might go for a piece of music just to finish off the programme. And um, this this week it'll be, again, just to finish off that, uh, that piece of music we played after part two, A Joy for All the Earth, uh, for the World Meeting of Families. And uh, this was uh, written by Efren Feely, I think it is. So next week we'd hope to again maybe to bring some more of those reflections from the parish, um, but the parish conversations. Amoris.ie is is the website if people want to click into them and look at them during the week. But in the meantime, thank you so much for joining us, and please go and speak to you again next week. Bye bye now.